0: Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk Good morning, Church. We're going to make a conscious decision not to wait until the end for ministry. Yes, yes, yes. So it's already begun. It's already begun in the worship. It is right now as I speak and will continue, and even will continue when you leave this building. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, uh, my good friend, uh, the prophet, um, uh, Mark, is with us today, and I'm going to release Mark to bring some, um, what I'm describing, I'm using one of his words, popcorn prophecies, um, while I'm preaching, um, that means he can either come up to you and pray over you while I'm preaching, or he might want to come to the front, share a word, um, uh, give you your credit card number, whatever it might be. Okay, the idea of releasing, releasing the prophetic um, is, is quite... He's been so close to my credit card so many times. Um, I'm thinking of changing it. Uh, um, let me just say the idea of releasing the prophetic... Is is the resurrection power of Jesus is active today, and um, the idea of that is that we want to release and walk in the resurrection power of Jesus today. So don't be disturbed by him walking around. If you feel you may have a word, then why don't you share that with Mark, and collectively maybe um, we we can continue that process. When the new church fears is on the wane. There will be evidence in the churches of something that has not yet been seen before. A coming together of those with the emphasis on the word. And those with an emphasis on the spirit. When the word and the spirit come together. There will be the biggest move of the Holy Spirit that the nation indeed the nations have ever seen it will mark the beginning of revival that will eclipse anything that we have witnessed on these shores even the Wesleyan revivals the former years the outpouring of God's spirit will flow over the United Kingdom to mainland Europe And from there, missionaries will move to the ends of the earth. Some of you will recognize that as the Smith Wigglesworth prophecy, a part of the Smith Wigglesworth prophecy. Now I was reminded of it this week, and it it makes an assumption that if you're moving in the spirit, you're not moving in the word, or at least people think it does. And then it makes the assumption that if you're moving in the Word, you're not moving in the Spirit. But that's not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not true. So as I read again this week, what well, the Holy Spirit hit me with this. It was quite simple. It was the coming together. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. It was the coming yeah. together. Yeah. 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 It was the as one. On. Yeah. It was the coming together that the enemy will not be able to stand against. See, we already have the Spirit. We already have the Word in both camps. But as they come together, as they come together, one heart, one voice, one mind, as they come together, we'll begin to see a move like we've never seen before. Now listen, I'm not talking about this church Coming together with a church down the road at this point. Listen what I'm talking about. Listen, it's really important you grab this. I'm talking about you coming together with a person sitting next to you. The person in five rows in front of you. The person at the back that you haven't spoke to in three weeks. I'm talking that the enemy's ploy will be to have relationships dysfunctional. Because when you've got dysfunctional relationships, you've got separation. When you've got separation, you have not got one heart, one mind, one voice. I'm telling you, church, in this church, right here, right now, today, if you have been offended by someone, get over it. If you've offended someone, make recompense. And do it quickly. Because the enemy looks to separate at any opportunity. He will look to separate. And our relationships will be challenged in this church. Because what we're standing for as an apostolic hub is built upon relationship. And when Smith Wigglesworth says, when the Spirit and the Word come together, he meant together. But we're trying to mirror something in this church that will be mirrored across the nations but it starts with you not being offended not holding unforgiveness but you didn't realize what they said to me Alan oh I do and if you want to talk about unforgiveness we look at Jesus on the cross the son of God who was beaten and beard ripped out and whipped and made fool of and nailed to a cross and he says father forgive them Father, forgive them. How many times do I have to forgive them, Alan? Well, 70 times, 70 times, whatever it is. But you have to forgive. Actually, the Bible's really clear and it says if you don't forgive, the Father can't forgive you. It's time for us to move from our complacency in our relationships to a place where we sacrifice one for another and we prefer one another in love. If you have been offended in this place, get over it. I'm not preaching on this. It's listen. I know it started good. I'm not going to say it started bad. It started good because listen, it's essential for where we're going. It's absolutely essential. I've lost count of how many times I have been offended and how many times I've had to forgive Christians. And probably they've lost count of how many times I've offended them. But we display something different from what the world displays. Because the world says, I'm never speaking to you again. The church says, come and let us reason, let us talk together. Let's resolve this because the world doesn't do it like this, but we do. You want to see the Smith wiggles with prophecy? You want to see it come together? You want to see it? I want to see it. I want to see this move across God across this nation like never before. I want to see Europe saved and the rest of the world saved. I want to see it. I want to see it. But listen, it's not coming by a big, massive, multi-mega preacher from the front. It's coming from us. It's coming from you and from me. Choosing to love one another and submit to one another in love. That's where it comes from. That's where it comes from. That's where it comes from. It comes from. And I'll tell you why. Because Jesus won it in His resurrection for us. <laughs> he won it for us. I wasn't even supposed to say that, but never mind. Let, let, me, let me read this to you. Shut your eyes, close your eyes, ears, or whatever, well, don't close your ears, but listen, <laughs> whatever it is you do. Just, just listen, listen to the scripture. I'm just going to read a, f- a few verses. And I've got a couple of very simple points, and then we're going we're gonna to have some more worship. Now, on the same day, there was two men, and they were going to a village called Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked, they discussed these things with each other. Jesus himself came up and walked alongside them. I'm not so sure what it means when Jesus came up. But anyway, he was there. I don't know where he came up from, but it says he came up. Huh. Well... Jesus himself came up and walked among them but they were kept from recognizing him and what that's all about he asked them what are you discussing together as you walk along they stood still their faces downcast one of them called Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one that hasn't been visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there these days? What things? Jesus asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped, well listen church, we had hoped that he was the one that was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women were amazed. They went to the tomb early in the morning, but they didn't find his body. They came back and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who had said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it was just as the women had said. But they didn't see Jesus. He said to them, This is Jesus. How foolish are you? And how slow to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter His glory? And he began with Moses and the prophets, and he began to explain to them the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village which, where they were going, Jesus was continuing. He was going to continue on further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So they went, So he went to stay with them when he was at the table with them he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and began to give to them then their eyes were opened and they recognized him listen and he disappeared from their sight it's just a little few words in a verse jesus just disappeared from their sight then he asked each other they asked each other were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened up the scriptures to us they got up and at once they returned to Jerusalem and they found the eleven assembled together and said it's true The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. It's true. The Lord has risen and He has appeared to Simon. Put your name there. Put your name there if you want. It's true. The Lord has risen and He has appeared to Alan. Put your name there. Then the two told what had happened to them and how they then recognized Jesus. As he broke the bread. And from Luke, it finishes off by saying this. While they were still in that place, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be with you. While they give testimony of what had happened, it happened again. (laughs) See, Jesus just came up out of nowhere. And we were walking along and he told the scripture and then we were breaking bread and then I recognized him. And, and as he said that, Jesus appeared again. How many times are we speaking to our circumstances? We might need Jesus to appear again. We might need to keep praying. We might need to keep pushing on in the two men didn't recognize Jesus it is so often the case when we're in difficult situations where we've lost hope that we lose sight of Jesus the risen Jesus and it's quite often that we only really gain sight that Jesus was with us all along when the difficult situation has passed and we've regained hope again You know, Australia is across the international dateline. Most of us will know that. Some of us will know it is 14 hours ahead. So if you were in Australia, you, you, <laughs> you could call us from our tomorrow. Does that work right? Yeah. Something like that. Now, I was thinking about this, and, I, and Jesus said to me, do you know I've been in your tomorrow? In the faith that Jesus is trying to raise within each of us is the day because he has been in our tomorrow. Why has he been in our tomorrow? Because of his resurrection power and life. He can go where he likes. <laughs> He's not limited by time or space. What he won in resurrection. You see, most people focus on the death and of course without death you can't have resurrection but let me tell you this without resurrection you can't have eternal life because in the resurrection in the resurrection comes a word Mark's just going to be wandering around Uh, please feel free to stop him we won't be put off it's all right if there's other stuff going on while we're preaching let me just finish off this point by saying this that if we really understood that Jesus had been in our tomorrow we would sleep well tonight because it would bring peace to you and I want to tell you Jesus has been to your tomorrow whatever it looks like and I'm not saying tomorrows are always easy. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Jesus has been to your tomorrow. Yeah. And sometimes as we walk along the road, it's interesting that these guys here are two. I mean, we've got the name of one of them, but they're, un- they're unknown guys. Uh. They're unknown. Jesus, Jesus Jesus, raises from dead, sees the women, but then he decides to go after two Unknown men to most people, but known to him. Not were they, just, <laughs> were they not just unknown, but they, they, I, I didn't quite get it, because the women had come and told them it was the third day they knew the teaching, but suddenly they decided, "I'm off. I'm away home. I'm going home. I've had enough. We've lost hope. I'm going but in the midst of that losing hope Jesus sees them Jesus seen who they were and he began to pop up along the road that they were walking amazing absolutely amazing two unknown guys walking away from Jerusalem what's what's important about Jerusalem what's where Jesus said the promise was coming so, so, so they were walking away on the third day. Wouldn't you think they would have just booked another hotel room for the night? They may as well have waited until the fourth day at least. But on the third day, on the third day, isn't it true so often we leave just before our breakthrough? Isn't it true that we give up praying just before our breakthrough? But it was on the third day and they were heading home with their backs towards the promise... And Jesus, with all the things I suppose he had to do when he was was risen from the dead, suddenly goes, I must go after those two guys. I must appear to them. Even though they've given up on hope. Even though they're walking away from the promise. I'm going to appear to them. Come on, church. Don't tell me you're not a Christian who's done this because I know most of us have. And it's at that point when we've walked away, when we've lost hope that Jesus appears. But interestingly enough, even at that point, they were kept from recognizing him. I don't know how you, you thought about that, but as I read through this, I realized something. It wasn't just about the encounter. It was about a transformation on the inside for them. You see, you see, as they were walking along the road, Jesus was seen. Jesus was seen. what are you talking about? So they began to talk to Jesus about Jesus. They really didn't recognize him. But what Jesus was trying to do was establish something in their hearts. Why do I know that? Because it says, does not our hearts burn within us? He was trying to establish something in their heart before the reveal of who He was. He was trying to help them help themselves. It's the old net and fishing thing, isn't it? He's trying to help them because He knows if He can help them work through their issue, that when He is revealed, it will be long-lasting. Sometimes we want a quick prayer. Without a heart transformation. God wants to change your heart. Before he wants to answer a quick prayer. Oh. I've been a Christian a long time. A very long time. And I'll tell you the key. He's after your heart. Man looks on the outside. God looks on the inside. And you might look pretty today. And a lot of you do. Not all of you, but a lot of you still. But you've got no idea what's going on within me. None whatsoever. Because I'm standing up for and preaching. And I look all together. And I look like I haven't got a care in the world. Because I've got a bit of a suntan. but I want to tell you this, the times I've walked away, the times I've given up, the times I couldn't see the hope, the times I didn't really know, I know this, God was working on my heart to bring me to a place of maturity so that when Jesus was revealed to me, wow, 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 you might feel that you're an unknown person, I want to tell you, Jesus can pop up along your road, At any time. And sometimes. It's not just Jesus that pops up. But sometimes it might be an angel that pops up. Oh there's good scripture for this. The Bible says that we can entertain angels unawares. You see it's not about the reveal. It's about what you do. And the choices you make in that moment of time. You know when they got to the end of the road. (laughs) Jesus was going to go on. And the men went, stay with us. They made a choice. He wasn't revealed at that point. They made a choice. Will you stay with us? Because they'd heard something in his scripture that was churning in their hearts and they needed him to stay. Don't bypass us, Jesus. Stay with us. Wow. Let me finish. And I'm going to finish very soon with this. Jesus died. But it was never about the death. It was always about life. I loved Good Friday. We had a fantastic service here on Good Friday. Absolutely loved it. But without the resurrection... We're left with death. (laughs) With the resurrection, we're left with life and eternal life. You see, we, we, we saw Jesus has been trying to kill Christians for years, but we so want to live. What? He's been trying to kill the flesh thing in you for years. He's saying, will you put it to death? Because there is a process of death and resurrection. Life, death, resurrection. You see, Jesus was a man of sorrows and familiar with grief. We don't often talk about it, but it is the truth. He lived, he suffered, he died, and he rose again. Ha, oh, Come on. And, and, and there's parts of us within our flesh, within, our, within who we are. Yeah, we're new creatures, I get all of that. But there's parts of us where we make a daily dedication to crawl on the altar. Romans 12, I present myself as a living sacrifice. I crawl back on the altar and I say, Jesus, kill that thing in me. Kill it in me. Let it die. Let it die in me. Because I know after death comes resurrection life. We hold on to stuff. Instead of being willing to let it die, we hold on to stuff. And we need to understand this. Sometimes we have to learn that God is strong in the sorrow as much as He's strong in the joy. Well, I'm preaching much deeper than you're seeing. Amen, I'll tell you. God is strong in the sorrow as much as He's strong in the joy. It was for the joy set before Him that He endured the cross. But He was still strong in the suffering. He says, no one takes my life. I lay down my life. And I have power to take it again. He says, you've got no authority unless it was given to you from above. You who are going to tell me that I'm going to die on a cross. You've got no authority. No whatsoever There is power in the sorrow. There's not diminished. This, the power was not diminished. It, if you want my opinion, it was stronger. He opened not his mouth. He said nothing. The Son of God, the sinless, spotless. Lamb of God said nothing while they nailed him to a tree. Wow. Hey. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. There is power in oh. sorrow as much as there's power in joy. Oh. I love the joy. Jesus endured the cross for the joy, but there is. Listen. <laughs> oh. Oh. Hey. Come on. Jesus got up from the, whoa, he got up from the grave. I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit. And he went and had a conversation with the devil. Did he? He did, Alan. Jesus got up from death and he met with the devil. And Jesus had all power in his hands. So he said to the devil, What's that in your hands? The devil says, it's keys. Yeah. 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 Revelation 1.18 The devil says, Jesus, it's keys. Okay. And Jesus says to the devil, you can give me those now. Yeah. <laughs> you can give me those now. Oh, yeah. What kind of keys are there? Well, they're the, the, the keys to death. They're the, the, the keys to, to punishment that they deserve. They're the keys that, they, the, that you would treat them as their transgressions deserve. Jesus says, do you know what? I've dealt with all that. Give me the keys. I've got the keys now. He's got the keys. He says, I've dealt with all that. But listen, church, this is the challenge. Having haven't said amen to that. This is the challenge. We still hold stuff today that Jesus has the keys for. But we decide to hold on to it. It's not the devil any longer. His power has been gone. It's gone. Jesus won it. He finished it. He won it. He took it. He operates in all power and all authority. But sometimes... We partner with the enemy. We do. I'm going to hold that unforgiveness. Why would you want to partner with the enemy? Jesus has the key to your forgiveness. Why would we want to partner with the enemy when Jesus has the keys to resurrection life? Whatever you're carrying... The power of the resurrection has already paid for it. Hand it over. It's time to leave stuff in Emmaus and encounter the risen Jesus. And it's time to turn from our Emmaus and go back to Jerusalem where the promise of God is. Can you hear what I'm saying in the spirit? Can you hear what I'm saying? Some of us have stuck at Emmaus. The hope you've lost. You've walked along the road. You've let Jesus go and you've gone back to a familiar place. You've gone back to what you think is home. And Jesus said, that was never my intention for you. He's won it for you. But if we stay in Emmaus... And keep your back towards the promise. We will miss what's waiting for us. Let me finish by saying this. You know how they recognized Jesus? Because he reminded them of the covenant that was made. He broke bread. He says, this is my body broken for you. Shh and their eyes were opened you see Jesus has made a covenant his resurrection life is a new covenant we're in a new day where Jesus holds the key and the devil has no authority unless you give him authority he has no authority Jesus holds the key it's time church to hand it over to give it to Jesus Who holds the key? Amen. Mark.